Um, so I love this topic because I think so many times <laughs> it turns that I always joke about it, like all these people that are so busy um, putting themselves out there saying, you know, I'm this amazing person and, you know, you just need to follow my five steps to get to wherever and blah, blah, blah. And, and don't compare yourself to anybody else and don't do, but, but they're busy doing that all day long, every day to shine and this, this um, facade of who they are so that um, you buy into what they're doing and they, they don't ever just sit in a space of what you see is what you get. And, and I think that um, when we are over projecting in one area, we neglect other areas of our lives that maybe need our attention right then. And can we spend time, if we are going to spend time in comparison, can we compare to um, the metrics that work for us, not the metrics that work against us? Yeah. Um, it's, it's really an interesting thing when we talk about comparison. Um, I think we talk about it a lot of the same ways that we talk about uh, our critic. It's like, oh, just get rid of it. Get rid of comparison. The problem is it's kind of hardwired into us um, because it's how I determine where I am is that I compare it to something else. Um, and so can we be smarter about how we utilize comparison and what we actually see it providing for us and where we can see um, that maybe we are comparing to something that isn't actually what we need or want in our life so that we can shift and pivot and use it appropriately as opposed to just trying to get rid of it because the reality is we can't. Yeah, it's biologically hardwired into us to compare. And, and so how do we use it to our advantage rather than our detriment mm -hmm. and, and see it for, you know, usually when this feeling or thought or um, response, because it could even be an action that happens and shows up, it's also telling us, hey, something here is important to you. And can you see it for what it's worth rather than how it's making you maybe feel worthless? Mm -hmm. So there's um, three different areas that we will look at. And the first one is, is your there will never be my here. And I love this one because no matter how many times we sit there and we're like, oh, if only I had Christina's life or if only I could live like Lindsay, if I only, and yet the reality is, is that even if I landed there, once I get there, my perspective has changed. My view has changed. And, and, and maybe even my thought process has changed or my um, values have changed. And so it's, I'm, I'm not comparing apples to apples. I'm comparing apples to oranges. And then I get there and I'm like, well, this doesn't taste as sweet as I thought it would. And so then we do this process again, where now I want another there. Mm -hmm. And the process that it actually has a name, um, and we talked about this actually in our LinkedIn uh, preparation for our LinkedIn Live that's coming up on Monday, um, the hedonic treadmill. Uh, 
this idea that everybody has kind of a happiness set point. And so when I strive to get that thing that I think was going to make me happy, eventually I become less happy with it. I see this with my children all the time. Um, you know, every holiday that rolls around that involves toys of some sort. Oh, I will be so happy. Right now it's Micah's birthday coming up and he will be so happy if he gets the cars light up racetrack set. And I know that in a month, I will see pieces of the cars light up racetracks that strewn about the house and then, you know, no longer causing him immense joy. But that thing like that, we all have it in us, that thing that says, oh, I really want to obtain this. And then we kind of get it and we, and we reset. And I think it invites us to this place of thinking about not necessarily um, what the external thing is that's going to give us the, um, the gratitude or the, the joy or the happiness, but the internal desire, right? What is it that I want this to fulfill? And so that belief too goes to when uh, that we compare to be uh, aware. And so depending on how we use the information, it gives us a direct proportion to how we'll actually fare inside of our, our seeking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really there to be our way of measuring how well am I doing in my life? Where do I want to excel even further? And yet often, because so many people are busy telling us not to compare, we don't use it for the resource that it could be. Mm -hmm. And which goes to the third one that we'll look at is comparison can be our portal to potential is that if we really use it, if it's not going to leave us, we might as well bring it along with us and, and really use it as a way to propel us forward. And so that we can sort through it and be like, okay, you're here for a reason. We just figure this out so that I can um, harness the energy that I'm wasting feeling bad because I haven't achieved something. Even if I don't know what that is, can I use that same energy to move towards something that has meaning or matters to me. So going into this first underlying belief, metrics and set points matter, is that this, Teresa, you had talked about um, the, the hedonic treadmill. And so we all have a set point and 50% of our happiness is based on um, the set point that was given, kind of handed down to us from our families, from our parents, and it is genetic. And so some people, if you think about your friends and family, some people are like just happier people than other people. Yet um, we all have a desire when, when our set point is below where it needs to be, uh, we start to look for what do I need next? What do I need next? And a way we do that is to compare. And, and so then we will go see, oh, well, so-and-so has a bigger house. If I had that kind of house, look how happy they look. I would be equally as happy. Or this person um, has this kind of job. Look how happy they are if I have that. But the reality is, is that it's not going to, I won't maintain it the way they maintain it. It might take me seconds. Like I might land there and then my set point, I, I lose interest 
And, and the other side of this is paying attention to when we compare, we really have to mind that gap of how am I comparing? Because uh, if you think about in our lives, we tend to compare from the place of where we are today, never considering where they are. Because like if somebody is super successful, what we didn't get to see is the 25, 30 years it took them to get to success. Mm -hmm. All we are paying attention to is the outcome, not the process in between there. And, and then those pieces of what, what am I overstepping? What's in my situation that has caused me, maybe it's taken, maybe I'm on the same trajectory, but because of circumstances, I had to go left when they went right. And I actually chose to go left for a time, but I never gave any consideration to that choice because it, they got there faster. Yeah. It makes me think of the, the fact that like we have these, um, even in the story, right? He had this comparison. He set up this standard and he made a promise to himself and baked into the promise was this standard of comparison. They will be my comparison. And at the same time, he never set any other parameters around the around what success was supposed to be and because he never did that then at the end of his life or the you know end of his career toward the end of his career he's feeling this sense of failure because there were never any other parameters set other than this one form of comparison and so can we be smarter about that for ourselves uh, rather than um, just having it kind of come at us can we use it yeah, and and then how do we use it? And so just even thinking, if you look at these metrics, um, some areas that we can compare ourselves, but get a, more of a reality check in our comparison, is to look at um, the place of where were you twenty years ago compared to today, and and what was it like? What was the situation like then? And were you juggling many different things? And now you've shifted that. What was it like 10 years ago compared to today? And because we tend to compare externally first mm -hmm. and, and yet we've never sat and said, well, wait a second, there was a lot of other things that I achieved inside of this and then compare to other people and the people closest to us, what, were, what was going on for them? 20 years ago, maybe they didn't have the same situations that you had. And so it made it easier for them to get there. Mm -hmm. And now looking at that, which would give us to, and I'm going to take us to this chart that's on the next page. Now looking at others compared to you, where have you gone? And so I'll just give you a couple of examples and T if you want to jump in and give some examples too, I think about um, that uh, when I started out 20 years ago, I, I started over and a lot of my girlfriends were at least 10 or 15 years into their career. And uh, Ruthie and I decided to begin again. And, 
And so I kept comparing myself to other people going, okay, now they're buying the beautiful house. They're going on all these vacations. They're doing all these great things. And look, I have nothing right now. Uh, and yet I chose that situation. Mm-hmm. And then at, you know, 10 years ago, uh, there was other milestones that people were um, making all around me. And at the time, I chose to just maintain the status quo because Cameron was really sick. Pete didn't have a job and I just needed to, to just maintain. And, and they, uh, three years ago, which I would change this to two and a half years ago, I think about all the things that we had to do because of the pandemic and change. And we, it was such a disaster or it felt like a disaster at the time because we were trying everything of, I don't know how to do things online. I don't know how to do things where half the people are in person. Half the people Let's are try person. hybrid. Yeah, mm. let's try all these crazy things. And then we would hit our head against the wall thinking, we are failing at this. And, and then yesterday, it, uh, we got a contract and the gal's like, oh, by the way, half the people will be online and half the people will be in person. And I'm like, oh, so all that mess actually prepared us for today or next Thursday. Um, but but I, I still, like when I'm tired, when something isn't going my way, I will start comparing out. And I think about I, even 20 years ago, I would not have imagined where we are today because I was so hyper-focused on where I was then. And so for each of you to think about the, I put a list of ways we, ways we compare, um, but you, you could have your own ideas. Um, yeah. And then I think about this self to others um, is that how many times do you compare to what other people are doing. And Ruthie and I had the opportunity to meet, um, is it Jordan Zimmer? He owned the Florida Panthers, Ruthie. I cannot hear a word you're saying. You're on mute. It is Jordan Zimmer. Yeah, so he he tells a story that when he started his company, um, he spent the first five years of his company on his parents' couch while all his friends were making a ton of money. He was dirt poor. Uh, and he, he felt like a complete failure because everybody was doing all these things. But if you look at him today, um, he chose to sacrifice then so that he could soar today. And yet, how many times do we just, we want the immediate comparison of not realizing that now they are in a different place than where he was. Mm-hmm. And even um, I was talking to some of you know Chris Shattuck, he's going through our classes, but he talked about, I'll go to the others compared to self, is that um, he was a DJ for many, many years. And, and he's like, he goes, that's a great job. And um, I chose a year ago to walk away from it because I wanted something else. And so he started completely over after years of building that career. And he goes, but today I can't imagine 
I want to even imagine that today I'd wake up every day saying, oh my gosh, I love my job. And he goes, and I have friends that still go to work as a DJ and they still are saying, gosh, I wish I could change my career. I wish I could do what you did, but they don't, they're, they don't believe it's possible. Yeah. Two of the things I wanted to mention just about the self to others and others to self. Well, I'll start with self to self. I love self to self because we forget the details of our own history. And so we downplay, if you're like me at all, I downplay anything that came naturally. Um, I downplay the struggle because I'm so eager to get to uh, my new set point. So that's one with self to self, with others to self and self to others. We really live in a society where we talk all the time and we kind of all hear about it. Like that's their highlight reel. That's their highlight reel. But we have to really understand the magnification and glorification of people's highlight reels in our life. Um, Essentially the large scale advertising of, you know, the seventies, eighties, nineties has found a way to kind of become micro and individualized and directly pointed at our subconsciously comparing eyeballs. Um, And so one of the things that I think is really helpful in doing this others to self and self to others is that breakdown of the years, but also asking the questions behind that of, okay, I'm comparing my house to that house or my relationship to that relationship or my success to that success what is, what am I assuming is inside of their success? What am I assuming is inside um, what they're getting from being on the beach, right? And what about that is appealing to me? And how deep is my desire for that? to ask those questions that lay just underneath the comparison so I can figure out if this is actually something I want or if I'm just having that like moment where I'm comparing this the surface level thing to the surface level thing not realizing that like like (laughs) a good example for myself is I would always be like I want time freedom and location freedom and I realized just recently that I would stink as a digital nomad I love my creature comforts I love being in my house that looks like my house feels like my house like I don't like the idea of hopping from place to place and like every new place becomes my home actually I don't like that but what about it did appeal to me what made me look at that and be like oh and for me, I realized like, oh, it is the idea of time freedom and it is the idea of travel, but I'm not trying to become a digital nomad, guys. Like, I'm not trying to live that life. Um, so asking those questions that lay just underneath, um, it's almost like the eye candy, right? Like what's just behind the packaging? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it goes to this next piece of um, underneath that, can we look at you know, where have you surprised yourself that maybe 20 years ago, you didn't see where you'd be today. And, and even in your comparison to self, that in those struggles and the sacrifices and the things that you did along the way that you, what did you discover really does matter? And, and what is it 
pointing to that needs to matter next year. And then the self to others. This is a great, if you use it um, to your benefit, is where in your comparison to self to others, does it hint at where you still want to grow? And what difference do you really think it will make? And then that last one, where have you actually surpassed others but you haven't given yourself credit for it? And what allowed you to get there that they haven't um, bought into yet mm -hmm. or think it's possible for them? And so Terza and I are going to break you up into groups. And so the conversation really is about these areas. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stop sharing for a second because I can't freak you up if that is open. <clears throat> yeah. And as Jenny um, gets you guys into your groups, uh, one thing to note, just be aware, friends, that um, a lot of times we, this is where sometimes our humility will come in and be like, I can't say that I'm better than others in something, you know, saying that to yourself and examining, like, what is that telling me about myself is different than going out and proclaiming, listen, peasants, I am better than you. <laughs> so um, so it's not necessarily a judgment, but we do need to have that awareness so we can figure out, you know, where am I doing well? Um, and acknowledge that for what it is and how it's going to inform the other parts of comparison that are guiding me along my journey. Yes. And um, you get to choose how much you share or how little you're, you share. Um, and you might want to start in one area and have everybody share uh, because you only get 15 minutes in your group, but have fun. Oh, I wonder who we're with. All right, so Mary, what, what did your group talk about? Um, you know, we t I, I think what Tirza said about the one about um, self to or um, self to others, right? Where we're kind of bragging that is so uncomfortable. I mean, I think we all felt that when we're saying, "Oh, I did this and I did this and I'm better than so and so." So that was part of it. Um, so we just went through the questions and just kind of chatted about each of them. Mm -hmm. And. Even when you looked at self to self, Mary, what did you notice that maybe you haven't recognized for yourself in the past? Um, I think we're all really hard on each other, which I did know that part, but um, I, I think we just recognize um, some of the good things too, in addition to being critical and you have to make a little bit more effort in that regards because the crit being critical comes a little bit too naturally. Mm, yes. Yes, we're skilled at that one. Mm -hmm. Kim, uh, Kim Caprice, how about for you? Um, well, we just had a good discussion about um, good questions. Like we just finished up talking about social media and the love it and um, um, Gia was asking the question, um, what, um, you know, what's driving you to it and the connectivity isn't really connectivity. So she's turned off her social media 
As I was saying, it's also Lala. I kind of get gaggy with it. And then I get down the rabbit hole every night and do that and wordle before I go to bed. And it's not a good way to go to sleep. <laughs> um, so, and just um, uh, Nicole was talking about uh, her, um, her boss and uh, I, it was just, she is looking for what next and um, is very clear that she doesn't want that kind of lifestyle. So, you know, the comparing is curiosity and just trying to um, pay attention to yourself. And, and when you do compare kind of what you said, what are the positive, what are the positive things we can take from that? Um, and Thomas was taking his example, which was, you know, the pencil compared to what? Are you looking at it from the ceiling or below? So mm -hmm. everybody comes at things differently. But, yeah. Yeah. The gift of Tom. The yeah. gift of Tom. <laughs> Loved it. Loved the visual. Yeah. I do love that idea of everybody comes to, uh, comes to it differently. Like everybody comes to even the one, the same apple, right? Mm -hmm. Even we're comparing apples to apples, like I'm looking at it from the top, you're looking at it from the bottom. So I notice the stem and to me, there's no stem. It's not right. hanging from anything. It's just suspended in midair. So right. it changes my attitude toward it. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's really interesting mm -hmm. yep. uh, to consider. Yeah. Kelsey, what did you take away from your conversation? Um thinking about the self to self, what surprised you? I, my initial reaction is nothing. Like this is just who I am. Like I just take one foot in front of the other, like here's the path, here's what I'm doing. And then it occurred to me, this whole journey is such a departure, but I, I feel like I would only um, credit myself once I have accomplished the thing, like once I have a business or once I'm doing the thing. And what I actually realized the surprise is that I have been taking these steps in to get to the place, uh, even though I'm not yet there, but I can still celebrate these like moments along the way. Yeah, I think that's so we, we are such creatures of it doesn't count until you're at the end. Mm -hmm. And then what do we miss out on inside of that? Because um, could we could we enjoy the journey so much more if we counted all the steps along the way? Uh, um, oh, Terza, what were you going to say before I cut you off? Oh, I didn't know. Are you transitioning to the next section? Yeah, I sure okay. am. Cool. <laughs> While you're doing that, if you have slide six, um, I think the the thing that we notice on that slide and just somebody had mentioned it and I wanted to tie back to it with someone who's making a decision to change their life and move forward is that comparison can sometimes give us a baseline for our next move because sometimes we don't know and I don't know if anybody's experienced this with their coaching clients or just friends or people but sometimes we cannot describe what we want we can only describe what we know we don't want because we've seen it <laughs> And so we're just like, okay, when I look at what I'm doing for the future, um, I know that this, like over here, that's not it. So now what? 
And so I think that's another place that comparison does serve us, um, but sometimes in a very loosey-goosey way. And when I say loosey-goosey, just because we don't, we don't capture it like that. We don't um, harness it uh, as a insight. We just sort of maneuver with it in the back of our mind. Yeah, and I, I think it is really paying attention to um, when things happen, what what am I really responding to and what where is my discernment in that? Because how am I going to effectively create benchmarks if I don't know, if I'm doing it general, if I'm just overarching, this is this is the thing or this isn't the thing. What inside of that is really important to me or on either side? And Teresa and I want to jump to the way that we compare. Uh, and, and there's three different ways. There's probably lots of different ways, but these, I think, are three typical ways that we compare. And, and inside of them, what, what they can do for us is that they can be teachers. If we look at them from a place of what's driving me to compare myself for this situation and what what is it that I'm I have available to me to learn here. Uh, they also can be motivators. They can start to inspire me uh, to say, oh, I had no clue that that was even available. <laughs> and and now I I can um, see where to go next. It may not look exactly like this, but it can help. It also can be um, a confirmation or a calming technique as if I compare myself and see, you know, even that self to self of, I have made progress. And, or if I compare myself to somebody else and I see that, yes, this has been a messy, crazy, topsy-turvy journey, but now that I'm at this place, I see all the people that chose not to take the journey, and I'm glad that I did, and so can I use some of that angst that is there, um, and, and it also can be this feedback loop for us of where do I need to calibrate? Maybe some things are working, sometimes aren't. But the the first this upward comparison, and first I I want you to share your example of this this place of upward comparison is an excellent place for us to learn to be teachers. If we if we know that we want something more, can we go to the people that we think have more, whatever that is? Right. Um, there's this thing where we you know. We try not to look at people that we think are doing better than us or are better than us. And a lot of times people say, oh, so-and-so, gosh, they're so much better at this than me. And our friends, very meaning, meaningful, lovely people will try to be like, no, they're not, they're not. You're just as good. But the reality is sometimes there's people out there who are better at something than we are. And can I consider what it's calling me to? So my example of this is, I love Lisa Nichols. She's a motivational speaker. She was in The Secret. I still haven't seen The Secret because I'm not a huge fan of that part, but I love her speeches. Like 
she's so motivational and she's so like I don't know like inspirational ah Kim you know her yes yes <laughs> that's one of her things that she does where she has our audience repeat yes twice the first yes is to yourself and the second yes is to your dream and I'm just like oh she's amazing you're amazing um and so when I first encountered Lisa Nichols my thought was I want to be just like her like I want to be the next Lisa Nichols or just like Lisa Nichols or as good as Lisa Nichols yes um I had to kind of pause and be like oh okay great what does that actually mean and so what I realized when I actually like asked the questions of myself and sat there and looked at it was I want to be as impactful as Lisa Nichols I want to be as inspirational as Lisa Nichols and I want to be as clear and as driven with my message about coaching as she is with her message about self-improvement um but I actually don't want to be Lisa Nichols because a lot of what she does is very, she's very much so in a space that's influencing. Um, and so she's on a lot of social media and she's doing that circuit and she's really good at it. For me, social media is a lot like Gia. Um, it's just, it, it, it invades my privacy. There's a wall that needs to be there for me in social media where it's like, nope, this isn't where I'm going, but Jenny will attest to the fact that um, I tried for about a year. I tried to do the Facebook, Instagrams, all of it, and it just didn't work. <laughs> I felt so much anxiety around it because it felt like I was constantly trying to battle for like, how much do I let people in? Where am I not transparent enough? And what it began to make me feel like was um, I'm gonna fail at this. I'm going to fail at this because I can't do it this way that seems to work so well for somebody I admire so much. And so I had to recalibrate and figure out, okay, what is it that I really want um, that I really am drawn to with her? And what are the pieces that just are not going to work for me? And can I still be, you know, can I still then find my success, not just like Lisa Nichols' success? Um, and I think that's, that's the piece that takes work because uh, we, we like to generalize and collapse everything together and make it a formula. Yeah. This, then this. So if Lisa Nichols did all these things, then that's success. If I don't follow that same formula, then I won't be successful. And that's mm -hmm. not reality. Um, because yeah. we'll all have our own formula. Uh, the other piece of this is this downward comparison is sometimes when uh, we, we will look to people that are worse off than us. Maybe they're in the same field, they're in the same financial place or whatever, but they're not thriving so that we're like, oh, I'm doing okay. <laughs> um, and I want to combine both of these because I, I look at sometimes when people come to power a possibility, we'll see this is that these two things will happen together is that they come to power and they're like, well, everybody tells me that I am, I'm already a great coach. And, and they'll sit down and the first day or so they'll realize that half the class is about to graduate and they start to compare themselves to that group, that upward comparison. And they're like, oh, but I don't have the, I don't have that knowledge. I don't have those skills. And they, 
But then as they start to sit there, they start to say, and they didn't have them six months ago. And so it's, it doesn't seem impossible. It seems like I have a path now to get there. I can see what that looks like. And when they go back to work and they sit in the first meeting with the gal that claims that she's this self-proclaimed coach and she's amazing and you start to hear her questions and how she's showing up, you're like, wait a second, just in two and a half days, I have better skills than her. And, and so you, you get to have that experience of the upward comparison and the downward comparison. And so we're doing it all the time. We probably just don't pay attention that we're doing it. And to really think about when do I do this and what drives me to do the upward or what drives me to do the downward. The other one that is we're doing all the time and I don't think we pay attention to it is this availability comparison. And what we do is we, we can't, we cannot make um, effective decisions, or we've told ourselves, I cannot make a good decision in isolation. I must compare whatever I'm trying to figure out to something else. And so what that means often is I will take whatever is available to me, even if it isn't equal to it, to compare it. And there was some research done on this uh, that they this group provided um, people choices is that you could, you could get a book that was somewhat torn and it had um, 20,000 entries in it of definitions, or you could get a, a book that is beautiful that only has 10,000 entries in it, but they didn't get to see them. They only knew that one was torn and one wasn't torn and they asked them what they would pay for them. And the one that wasn't torn, they, they, would, they decided, everybody decided they'd pay way more than the one that was torn, even though the one that was torn actually had more information in it. Um, but when they sat down and people had the two in front of them and saw how much more information was in the first book, the one that was torn versus the one that wasn't, they decided then that, that it was worth paying more for. And so really paying attention to what information am I pulling in to compare? And is it apples to apples when I'm comparing things? And, yeah. Or am I doing it in a, in a weird way that isn't reality-based, that that's not that they're not equal relationships. And I'm going to use, I'm going to actually tell the, the Micah story because I think that it actually, this, so what Jenny explained makes a lot of sense to our cerebral brain, right? It makes a lot of sense. Okay, I'm with you learning journeys. I can see that, you know, when I have the two in front of me, this one has more information. So I see how the people chose it, but it plays out emotionally um, or reactively. So my Micah example, my lovely seven-year-old, um, is that he loves bananas. He loves them. And so we came home one day and he saw the biggest banana he'd ever seen on the counter. And so without anybody knowing, he got it and he peeled it and he bit it. And he's like, what is this? This is not sweet. What is this? Well, it's because he had bitten into an unripened plantain, right? Mm. 
So sometimes we talk about apples to oranges, but is it bananas to plantains, right? Like I'm looking at this thing. It's the approximately the right shape. It's approximately the right color. I feel like I'm going to use it as my comparison, as my benchmark. And then what cues us in is not um, cognitive evaluation. It's just like, oh, this doesn't taste right. This, this doesn't feel right. What is this? Can we use that as a cue to be like, perhaps I'm not comparing the right thing. Perhaps I'm not using the right, uh, the right benchmark or baseline. So um, on the next page are some questions. So we are going to break you out again. As um, when do you find yourself comparing upward in search of inspiration or guidance? When has it done just the opposite? So maybe, and I didn't talk about this earlier, um, but sometimes we stretch ourselves so much that we, we go to a place that, um, is beyond our skill set. So we've been hanging out with people. Like I'll use, um, if I'm a basketball player, I, and I'm like, oh, I'm amazing at this. Look at all the people around me. They suck at this. Uh, and so then I decide that I'm going to um, compare myself to, uh, to a famous basketball player. And, and then I, I don't ever, it's just too big of a leap. And so where are you making giant leaps and then deciding, oh, I can't. Like even your Lisa Nichols example is a good one because it could have been a giant leap, but you were able to say, okay, what pieces of this do I want? Yeah. Um, then when do you find yourself downward comparing and how has it assisted you in keeping life in perspective and when has it not? And then where are you today comparing apples to oranges? That maybe you're just taking what's available and thinking, clearly I suck at this or not. Yeah. Um, so we are gonna break you up one more time. And um, I can do this. Wanna make sure everybody Everybody's got a room? Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. All right, have fun. So what brilliance did you guys come yeah. up with? DC, you want to share? Um, for me, it was um, going through this program and le learning from everyone, you know, wanting to be the best at, for myself, you know, because everybody's different. Um, then I talked about the downward was uh, friends being stuck and thinking I'm crazy because I'm transitioning into another career. <laughs> um, <laughs> and just basically um, taking a risk. Yeah, and how many times do we, when p other people do the comparing for us, then we start to question our own comparisons. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it's not very helpful. Yeah, it isn't. That's when your insecurities come in, you know, you're like, ah, oh, mm -hmm. let me yeah. rethink this. Yeah. It's not helpful at all. 
Lindsay, what did you take away from your conversation? We had a good conversation. We started out with um, how do you really define downward? Mm -hmm. um, and so spent a little time in that space and then um, talked a lot about upward and like who we kind of compare ourselves to. And then we went down a little bit of a path of talking about the well-being book. I don't know if you guys have seen that well-being yeah. book. I love this because it really like as we're talking about this, I can't stop thinking about it. Um, you know, it really, it centers on five essential elements and those five pillars that I, I kind of referred to, you know, somebody in their career, maybe just leaps and bounds ahead of you. Um, but then other parts of their well-being may be struggling. And so we talked a little bit about how one of the people that I talked to about my career all the time, she started her family after me. And so she calls me the minute her toddlers are acting weird and she's like, mom help right now. So we balance each other out. And so it's just kind of fun to put that perspective on it too, to start thinking through kind of where are you actually, you're upward here, but maybe downward there. Yeah. And together mm -hmm. we're like really balancing each other out. Yeah. Yeah. And we need those perspective checkers. So, nice. Thank you. Um, Kathleen, how about for you? Yeah, I mean, for our group a little bit, we talked about, um, you know, not, not so much that there's always a person that it's upward, but it's more maybe um, some of the traits that they have and some of the, you know, things that we might want to incorporate into kind of our skill set um, and the things, the gifts that we can, that we can offer people. Um, so I think it was more positive, more, not so much about, you know, comparing against, against others, but more, you know, making the time to understand, you know, what are the things in your life that you want to, you know, kind of add to your, um, your list of, of gifts or your list of, um, you know, items that you can, you know, bring to the table, right? So more inspirational. Mm, nice. well, I'm glad I guarantee you, if you tell people that you had a conversation about comparison and inspirational came up, that that's not going to be the context they think of. <laughs> No kidding. Kim Strickland, how about for you? Um, just jumping off of what Kathleen said, we really focused on um, more of the like self to self comparison in terms of how we look at other people and what um, what traits that they have and embody that we want to, um, you know, become more like. <clears throat> Good. Yeah. Can we? When we are in a different place, how do we pivot so that we're like, wait a second, that's not where I want to be. And can I see it? Which goes to this last piece. Uh, let me pull up the screen just one more time. Is that, what can we put in place so that uh, when we, get triggered that we can we can control that and bring it to something that is beneficial for us and the first part is to recognize when it's happening uh, and all of us have a different way of responding is it a feeling is it that um <clears throat> yeah you want to punch something or that all of a sudden you go from being super happy to all of a sudden you find yourself crying or you want to eat or and um, 
you have crazy dreams. Even that's probably my mm -hmm. go-to all the time is when I am in comparison mode that my dreams at night are insane. Um, <clears throat> but then can you name it? Can you, and it is, it sounds weird, but if you name it, it diffuses some of its power. And, and then you can start to be like, oh, there it is again. Billy, why do you keep showing up? Um, but then categorize it. Of what is it there for? Is it really there to teach me something? Is it there to motivate me? Is it, what, what category is it falling into? And then gratifying it is really to get to a place of um, seeing that it's there to benefit me if I can just be with it for just a little bit longer than try to run from it. And then um, in honor of Ruthie, since she does not like me cussing, I am going to cuss for one second. So I'll give you 50 cents later today when I see you is that to use the shit out of it because it's there. <laughs> And, and so why not use it in a great way to do that? And we're going to move to the gratifying piece is to create an ode to comparison. And so Terza and I created our own, but we're going to have you do one as well. Mine's a little, <laughs> I, it was late last night that I did this. So, or later in the day. So mine's a little longer than, than we're going to have you do, but comparison you show up always when I am tired, ringing in my ear. Sorry, you weren't hired. Comparison, people tell me to pay you no attention, but how can I when you cause me so much tension? Since I cannot seem to shake you free of me, instead, I choose to use you for the sake of thee. I'll use you to strive for more when you make me feel less. I'll use you to stand out when you remind me I'm not like the rest. Comparison, you can use all your tricks to appear as my foe, but those tricks give me the metrics which push me to grow. So cheers to you and all the shenanigans you pull. All that bruising makes me tougher and much more colorful. And Terza, you want to read yours and then we're going to invite each of you to do your own. So this is to make it easy on you, we have these prompts. And so I used mine or wrote mine using the prompts. Um, so comparison, you are like my constant frenemy. You make me proud, but also queasy. Comparison, you always say, what if it forces me to see my gifts? Comparison, you rarely rest, causing me to become my best. So if everybody could, um, you can use these prompts and just finish each sentence to um, gratify your own comparison. Or you can do your own thing. We're fine with yeah. that as well. You don't have to use these if you don't want. <laughs> For those who may not have seen the chat, uh, rhyming is optional. <laughs> and rhyming is just my default to anything, so... <laughs> Rhyming is what Jenny always manages to do. Yes, which does not mean anybody else needs to do that. <laughs> I probably, my brain probably never left third grade. Hmm. Are you going to own that statement, Jenny? Um, are you trying to get me to own it? <laughs> oh. I, I'm just going to go through 
each person, if you want to pass, you have every right to pass. So it's not a big deal. Yep. And we'll start with Kim Priest. <laughs> we can come back to you. Okay. How about Nicole? Let me take down the slides. I can see everybody. Okay. Uh, comparison, you are like a friend and foe. You make me question, drive, and fall. Comparison, you always keep me guessing. It forces me to consistently self-analyze. Comparison, you are rarely distant, causing me to be persistent. There was some rhyming in there. Very good. Love it. Yeah. Round of applause. <laughs> Ruthie, how about for you? Comparison, you are like a squealer. You make me feel like you totally tattletailed on me. Comparison, you always show up when I least expect you. It forces me to pause and consider what you're really saying. Comparison, you rarely make my heart sing, causing me to feel flat. Who's next, Jenny? Gia. Um, I did my own thing. Sure. I'm not done. Right. So I, I was thinking comparison, without comparison, we wouldn't have literature, well, we would, but we wouldn't have really interesting literature. We wouldn't have really interesting poems or, or songs or anything, right? I mean, metaphor, that's the basis of a metaphor is comparison. So I think about that and what would our life be like if we didn't have metaphor in it? Like what would, what would you know, it'd be very flat and dull. So anyway, that's my thought. It didn't, didn't rhyme, sorry. <laughs> it's a but great it's so thought funny. though. I love it. Thank yeah. you. Kathleen. Okay. I said, um, comparison, you exploit me and come into my life when I'm not feeling strong. You nod my focus and try to drag me down. There are times when you push me to be better and provide a guiding light. You are always welcome to inspire and open my eyes. Comparison, I am enough when you try to hinder my spirit. When you are a guiding light, you are a gift. Mm, wow. wow. Yeah. And Jill. Oh, I got to go after Meg. Woo. Um, comparison, you are like a wicked trick. You make me wonder, doubt, and kick. Comparison, you always creep. It forces me to sometimes weep. Comparison, you rarely end in good, causing me to sit in falsehood. Wow. Mm. Wow. That would be awesome to hear from you. Um, I am taking away just that comparison can be positive. Like I just really have not ever thought about it in that space. And so I think um, that is the biggest learning today for me. Nice. Thank you guys for being here. Take care. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye.